the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. 602-508-0960 is the number. Um, I was debating with the Hallmans last week. Uh, they'll be with us tomorrow. I was debating with them. Um, and it's you know it's a debate where I think actually both sides are right. Uh, which book was, was more predictive of the society we today live in? Was it Brave New World or was it 1984? I'm in the 1984 camp, though happy to be wrong. Uh, Brave New World has a lot to recommend it so far as the dystopian that has uh, melded here in the United States. Uh, my, my, my 1984-ism of the day is, uh, is from page... 195, page 195 of 1984. Do you realize that the past, starting from yesterday, has been actually abolished? That's the line in Orwell's 1984 that struck me today. Do you realize that the past, starting from yesterday, has been actually abolished? Why did it strike me today? Well, here's the tweet I sent out tagging the CDC and uh it's, it's head, Rochelle Walensky. Up until yesterday, literally yesterday, the CDC was reporting breakthrough death and hospitalization numbers, the thousands of and tens of thousands of deaths and hospitalizations for people who were doubly vaccinated. While the update was 10 days old, I continued, it was, now you've taken down the entirety of those numbers and the matrix. Why? Will they ever appear again, or are we not supposed to know them? I think we're not supposed to know them. I think we're not. By the day, the Biden narrative about the vaccines becomes more and more silly. Now Jen Psaki has COVID. She's doubly vaccinated. She's part of the mask what do we call it? The army of maskers, the mask army. She's part of the masked men in the in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and at the press briefings. By the day, their narrative falls apart. Of course, it fell apart a long time ago. It fell apart as soon as I heard Joe Biden at his convention speech say that anyone responsible for presiding over 175,000 deaths simply does not deserve to be the president of the United States, which was the number of deaths from or with COVID that the government was reporting when Joe Biden said those words. It becomes interesting, a fortiori, what Joe Biden might think about a president who's presided over 400,000 deaths, because he's that president. He's that president. Mike is in Virginia. He's not in Virginia. Mike is in Phoenix <laughs> calling about Virginia. Somewhere in Virginia, there's a Mike speaking about yeah. Phoenix. But we Thank have God. Mike in Phoenix talking about Virginia. Thanks, Seth. Thanks, God. I'm not in Virginia. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> Your phone would be ringing a lot. All things considered, I'd rather be in Philadelphia. Yeah, than well, Virginia. I think Phoenix is better than both right now. That's true. There you go. Uh, the reason I called about the Virginia, I've been listening to this on Unfinitum since this morning. I listened to Hugh Hewitt this morning, and I had a long discussion with his board man, and he wouldn't let me speak because I think I was kind of going off on a tangent that they didn't want to, to approach. And uh, quickly, I'll tell you this. Their argument was, was that... Um, the and there's some valid thing to this that the Arizona election when Trump lost was not an election to beat Biden. Biden it was a, it was an election uh, against Trump, and that may be true. That was his thesis, but or that was the thesis that, they were that, working that, off that, of. That was the thesis. I, I've he heard I've off. heard versions of it, whether from Hugh or others, I don't know. But yeah, yeah. okay, I get the point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and uh, if you try to talk to and I'm just saying one facet of the 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 um, conservative view one facet and i'm a conservative um from him also is that i've engaged him more than once and anytime i want to talk about the danger that some of the press is to to us as a people now and i really view some of them as a true danger to us i I think i think some of the press you could even go so far as a call and call an enemy of the people he flat told me, he says, Mike, we can talk, but we can't talk about that on my show. All right. Well, here's so he my here's so my he here's my gig, that. Mike. Here's here's my uh, here's my role, and uh, here's uh-huh. here's my situation. Uh, I I didn't hear it, and I'm inclined to generally support people on my network. So, without getting into oh, no, what he may or may not anymore. have yeah. said, you just tell uh, me what you want to say. How's that? Understood. Okay. That has nothing to do with All right. you. It just All right. went off Fair enough. because of where we were going. With yeah, it. I didn't hear it, and I, I'm generally yeah. inclined knowing these people as exactly. well as I do. So, just go exactly. ahead and say what you want. Here. Okay. Okay. Talking, talking about uh, listening to all the intellectual and the actuarial reasons that the Democrats are going to lose tomorrow, I think, I think just from my point of view, if you look at anecdotal evidence, and just recent anecdotal evidence that I've experienced. I am a business in Phoenix, and I've been a business here since 19, for myself, since 1991. So I've, I've, I know a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people. And I, there's nowhere I can go in Phoenix. I don't know someone, and I talk to them all the time. There's a pervasive feeling, and I, I guess I would quote um, Will Rogers. I think Will Rogers once said, my only hope is that some of the men who get most of the votes will win. <laughs> and that's exactly what he said. Okay. And, okay, so we have, there's a pervasive feeling out there, I'm telling you, and, and I, I'm a contractor, and I talk to contractors, I talk to construction guys in the field, I talk to CEOs of some very large companies, directors, board members, I talk to a lot of people at all levels. And I want to tell you, there's a pervasive feeling that we are not going to win any more elections. No matter what we do, I've heard words, it too. They, I've heard it too. They, yeah, mm-hmm. they really believe that. So, mm-hmm. the, the Democrats are doing something really smart here. Either they're fixing some of the elections, which is possible, or the press is helping them to sway the election in a way that is really un-American. Or there is a pervasive growth of an anti-Republican feeling pushed by the educational system, and if you notice, who's one of the biggest backers and one of the biggest forces to help McAuliffe in Virginia? It's the teachers' unions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're there now. They, Randy Weingarten is giving a speech right. for him as we speak, I believe. Yeah, That's right, and they, they are scared to death, but I think they're also confident. 
I think they know that for 20 years they have pumped kids through this educational system, and and, and I know I understand this statistically, college kids coming out of, out of college don't vote statistically. But college kids that have come out of these systems in the last 15 years now do vote, and they have not changed their feelings. And I'll tell you why I know that. I talk to people all the time that are dyed-in-the-wool Democrats, and they were dyed-in-the-wool Trump haters, dyed-in-the-wool. Mm-hmm. But you can show them everything Joe Biden has done wrong. They can feel it. They can smell it. They can touch it. They know what a train wreck this is. But do you think they would, for one second, cross the aisle? No. It's deeper than people think. They're yep. not going to, Seth. I agree with you on uh, on, on that, too, Mike. Um, here's the best I think we can try and hope for. Um, I think that there's let, – let's stipulate there's a lot of different groups in, in this country with a lot of different – and in some cases, confusing political positions, even political right. positions that aren't uh, cohesive, that contradict one another. Um, most of them are not in the Republican Party. But there are independents and there are Democrats who, despite everything we told them about Joe Biden and the modern Democratic Party, are saying, ah, this is what you meant. Ah, this yeah. is now. Now, I think our best hope is it's a thing I, I understand intimately because I went through this as someone who, who went from being on the left to being a Republican and casting a first Republican vote. When you when you've grown up on the left, you think of the Republican Party not as a co-equal party to the Democratic Party. You think of it perhaps the same way that. A, a Muslim joining the Christian religion might think of it. Yes, no, I mean, really, it's a church. It's a church that yes, you're it changing is. entirely. It's a it's a it's a religion that you're changing entirely, and it's really hard. It's really hard for people to mark that R when their whole life they have taught and been taught that the R's are the extremes, are the extremists. Let me let me pick up on this with you when we come back. I have other callers. Don't. Don't want to lose them either. Stay with, stay with me, folks. You'll all, you'll all get on. But I want to pick up on what Mike's saying because, Mike, I'll, let, I'll pose this question to you to think about over the break. I'd love your answer. How big is the group of independents and Democrats that we can peel off and convince to take a look at our party with some fair minds and, and clear eyes? How big is that group? Because that's where I think our hope lies. I've always been – in the conversion business politically, always been in the business of thinking about how to convert new voters to our cause and what issues they should be about. I myself having been one of those converts. How many do you think there are and how successful do you think we can be if we try it? We'll be right back. There's always a better tomorrow. This song is a great testament to those who lost love um, by Patty Loveless. He left me, he left me hard and bad in a real good way. She found something better, that if she hadn't had the divorce or separation from the original guy, she never would have found. Okay, Mike is in Phoenix. Mike, we're talking about uh, getting more Republicans into the fold here. And I was saying, yeah, you can't, you can't keep going the way we're going with one-third, 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 give or take. Um, when you look at what you and I, I think, if I can speak for you, you correct me where, where I'm wrong, where, if I'm wrong, you can't keep going at a pace where there's a commonsensical approach to things 
and there is a bat crazy approach to things, <laughs> and the people are split among thirds as to as to which is which. You and I have a pretty good grasp, I'm guessing, on what the common sense approach to things is. The question is, why do two thirds of the American people not get it? Right. So we gotta we gotta talk to them in ways that bring them around. Can we? Should we? No, is that a, is that time good, worth spent? I think it is, but that, it's complicated. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah. This is this is what I think. I think that uh, if I'm not wrong, it's like thirty percent, thirty percent, and about forty percent in the Yeah, I may, it may have to, Yeah, I may change like a little here yeah. and there. Yeah. Okay. So I think this. I think the thirty percent on each side—they're pretty dug in, especially in today's climate. I don't think we're going to peel people off of the Democratic Party in any great big numbers. So you're right. I think that the the, the independents are where we have to go, and independents being by the nature of independents. They're pretty rooted in the fact that they're not going to be swayed by a personality or by or um, something kind of radical. I really don't think they are. And I think where we go is, and let me tell you, I voted for Donald Trump. I'll vote for Donald Trump again. Uh, but I think that somehow we have to appeal to these these independents in a really logical sense of what the conservative thought really is down deep and show them logically the fallacy of the, of the, of the, the liberal view mm -hmm. with a fervor. And, mm -hmm. and, and we and I'm not quite sure how we're going to attack that because the, the, the right, what I would call the real right. And, and I vote with the right, but I mean, we control that base. There is no doubt, but, Peeling people away to that real right thought without some kind of a, a logical approach to it is extremely difficult. It's an interesting point I want to make because I think it's interesting, and you tell me if you think it is. Um, the left, the moderate Republicans, pretty much everyone except – Trump voters, pretty much everyone but Trump voters, daily and routinely tell us to get over and get past Trump. Mm -hmm. Now, the other side of that is outside of a political speech or rally, in other words, outside of a discreet forum, the only time I ever hear Trump's name brought up is by the left, the independents and the media. They are the ones who keep bringing him up, not us, at least not not that I've heard or seen. Conversations about Trump start because the left and the journalists bring up Trump, by and large. And the only thing I disagree with you in what you said, and I think you'll agree with me when I say I disagree with you, is that the independents are not persuaded by personality I think they are in some respects. I think they are, which is to the degree Trump w lost to Joe Biden in fair races that no one has any questions about. In those places, yeah. I think it was over personality. And I no, think I, and I, 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 I got to tell you, even worse. Yeah, I think you'd agree with me. But even worse is to this moment as we speak. They prefer the Biden personality to the Trump one over the Trump policies over the current ones. I really do think personality means a ton to them, and it makes me want to spit. 
Well, uh, I don't know how anybody could could be a, have an appeal to the Biden personality. That part of it, but I in the sense that, that it's not Trump's, in the sense that it's yeah, yeah, not, no, in the it, sense that it, it's it, not a five alarm fire all the time. Well, that's it. Now it has become, as you say, a religion. Yeah. Anybody but Trump. Yeah. That's what it's become with them. Anybody yeah. but Trump. Yeah. And and here's the thing, though. I do daily. I do daily hear Trump brought up in conversation. I mean, it, by friend, by I'm, by by conservatives or by lefties. By conservatives. You do. A okay. Cons- oh, oh, okay. it's the the feeling in Arizona. And, and I do business all the way from Douglas, Arizona, to Flagstaff, Arizona, to Parker, to all of Maricopa County, and I have clients literally across the state. And when we enter into a conversation with like-minded conservatives, which lots of my clients are, I find that in business, it's especially in the trades and in the, the, the conservatives really have a great grip, but, but that is the constant the constant right now underlying conversation and i think that they feel and i think that they feel uh disenfranchised because i do think and i don't want to use the word elite but i want to use the word um and not even conservative or not even establishment is that what you're looking for Uh thank you Uh the establishment republicans don't want to discuss trump and i think that what's happening is we're getting a divisiveness right within our own party because the people that that supported Trump, they're starting to feel left out of the ball game within their own party, and 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 I hear it a lot. I hear it a lot. I think Martha McSally really suffered from that because she was she was uh, associated with John McCain, and I heard that. I went to many. My daughter worked on Martha McSally's campaign, mm-hmm. and. I went to many rallies, and I heard from guys right there in the rally that were talking to us. the The association with McCain and with and with the institution of the Republican Party turned them off. So I think I think unless you're talking to these guys on a daily basis, you won't hear it from Republicans. But down in the street, and what I call the street of the everyday working business of uh, being, I work with contractors. Uh, people who build great big uh, power plants, uh, gas plants. I work with people who uh, build hotels and develop. These are my kind of customers. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to these guys, it's on their tongue every day. Okay, it really is every day. They're still, they are still really singed by the last election, sure. and it is a painful thing for them. So. They're just as much that way as we're accusing the people on the left of anybody but Trump. Interesting. So the way we peel the way we peel these these independents off, we've got to appeal to them in a different manner. Because you're right, I don't think they're going to they're not going to be attracted by Trump's personality, and if anything, they're going to be repelled by the personality, and they're overlooking what the man accomplished and what the administration accomplished. So we've got to somehow show them what what that does for them. Yeah, no, I, I, I take it, Mike. That's that's great feedback and great input. Um, principles over personalities is a harder way to live, but it's a better way to live. Thank you, Mike. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Hutch is in Phoenix. Hello, Hutch. Hi, Seth. How you doing? I'm well, sir. And you... 
Oh, not too bad, not too bad. I had a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, one is uh, uh, just a musical, I guess, antidote. I love that. Start else. there. Good. Um, I grew up in Macon, Georgia. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of that. I, of course, oh, have that hot, dusty Macon Road James Taylor sang about. <laughs> well, that's where Capricorn Records, that's where the Allman Brothers really got kicked off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Otis Redding, Little Richard, all those guys are from there. Mm-hmm. Um, our high school football and baseball coach, Jimmy Hammond, his brother, Ronnie Hammond, was the lead singer for the Atlanta Rhythm Section. Oh, really? Okay. All yeah, right. and he used to come over all the time and stuff. And then uh, when the Auburn Brothers on the weekends and stuff, when they weren't, you know, having a concert or whatever, they would go down to Central City Park, which was the big park where they had the fair and everything, kind of like, um, I guess, the Phoenix Fairgrounds and everything, you know. Uh-huh. And they would just have jam sessions with Wet Willie and... Marshall Tucker would come out, uh, Leonard Skinner every once in a while would show up, and they would just jam, and just anybody could show up. Good times. I guess I Good didn't times. realize how much of, uh, of, a, of, a, uh, of a commitment to American music making Georgia produced, but it is a lot. You're oh, right, including huge. Little Richard it's and, and, uh, and uh, yeah, no, it's a lot. Good. Good. My mom was a nurse. And Little Richard started out at a place called Ann's TikTok, uh-huh. which was a, a bar and a music place. And uh, they ran, you know, for lack of a better word, they ran girls out of the back and stuff. And so my mom used to go with the doctors to check them in to make sure that they were all clean, I guess. I understand. <laughs> I do. I do. It was a different uh, age. I get it. I get it. Okay. <laughs> I, lo- well, I, I love music trivia. No, I love it. I, I, I really do. Yeah, they... they They've got the big house, which is the house that the Allman Brothers yeah, mm-hmm. rent, uh, yep. lived in and stuff. And that's a big museum there. Well, now. I'll check it out and next it's, time it's I'm in cool. Macon, Georgia. Um, my cousin drew a couple of pictures of Dwayne and um, Greg and stuff, and don't, they've given them to him. He, he's, a, he's a really, really good artist. And um, so that's Greg, just Greg was married. Was, am I wrong? Greg was married to Cher at one point. Do I have and that? And they lived in Macon. Okay, okay. I have that right. Okay, yep. okay. Yep. Good. And what, the big thing I was questioning about, if, yep. if all of these people are the U.N. climate. Oh, yes, yes, been, yes, yes, yes. The U.N. climate confab, now, right? right? Yes. If they're also concerned with climate and everything, why don't they hold those things? By Zoom, rather than having everybody fly. Did you see Joe Biden had an 85 car? 85 car. Joe Biden had 85 cars in his retinue. 85. I I filled up yesterday, and actually I didn't fill up because the pump cut me off at 75 bucks. Mm -hmm. I have an Mm F-150. And it didn't fill it up. And that's 75 bucks in Phoenix gas. Good thing you don't live in California. <laughs> no doubt. You or couldn't drive. Way. You couldn't afford to drive in California. No, no, you Which really may couldn't. be what they want, by the way. That may be what they I, want. I, I think so. Joe Biden was speaking the other day about kind of thing? Joe Biden Joe Biden was speaking the other day about he, he, he said this, I kid you not, everyone using a light rail. Everyone. Everyone. They may not want you and your cars to uh cars mean independence. 
Americans love cars. They love their cars because oh, yeah. it's 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 part of our ability to flex our muscle, whether they're muscle cars or not. It's it's our ability to go places, to do things, to move, to be forward, to be strong, to have. It's it's an independence thing, and there and you're well, right. It's literally what opened up America. You bet. From coast to coast. You bet. It was, and of course, it was the auto industry that uh, saved us in World War II. Anyway. Yeah. If they're so concerned with it, why don't they do this stuff by Because they're not. they not. They're not. That's why they have the planes and the private planes. That's why John Kerry says I need private air travel so I can do things, uh, so I can do the things I, kind, I do for the environment. So he lives by a different set of rules because he's of the enlightened. Uh, an 85-car caravan for one president. They don't care. They don't care. It's part of a larger effort. Greta Thunberg, remember her? Remember her, our child shall lead us? She was the, whatever, person of the year on Time Magazine 2019. And she got all this press for Donald Trump not wanting to meet her when she went to the U.N. to meet Donald Trump. Tons of press. Do you remember how big a story that was? Guess what? The U.N. won't let her in now to the climate change. She's protesting across the street. How many stories are you seeing about this? All of this, all of this is cinematography. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Rob is in surprise. Hi, Rob. Well, hi, Seth. I hope you had a great weekend. I uh, did, yeah. but I, I came into work today only to be completely shamed on music trivia that I didn't know what well, the band Sweet was. I just thought it was ELO the whole time. Well, and I don't even know what the band Sweet is. So okay. I'm, I'm you know some of their songs, more. evidently. Fox on the Run, I, Little Willie. I'm not sure I, I Seth, true confessions, I don't really know their song. All right, it's better um, better to okay, better <laughs> better to plea ignorance than get it wrong. Yeah. Well and I As I Fauci said, totally the difference agree. between this administration and last is we won't guess. Well, we 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 can talk about that, but um do you remember back in I don't know if it's 58 or 59, the uh, kitchen speech between Nikita Khrushchev. Yeah, the debate, the famous debate between Nixon and Khrushchev, right. Yeah. Now, was it was it then that Nikita Khrushchev said to Dick Nixon that um, we will sell them the rope that they will hang ourselves with? Was that the same thing? I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, yeah. I, well, I actually don't remember a, where Nikita Khrushchev said that. Well, I, I for some reason, sticks in my mind. Let's assume and so. That's for, fine. Yeah. Uh, and, and the reason I bring that up is because um, I think that everything that's happened since January 20th has been self-destructive. Um, all the policies, um, and, and it's almost a national suicide. And it, it sort of emphasizes itself in the vaccine mandate. Um, there's there's this whole self-imposed job loss that doesn't just weaken the critical employees across the nation, you know, in fields like healthcare, law enforcement, national security. I think it's going to devastate the economy, and and that's where ultimately our national security resides. Um, so I, I worry about. You know, Iran seizing the opportunity of Biden's incompetence to create nuclear weapons. I worry about China making a move on Taiwan. 
I worry about Russia moving on the Baltic states and Ukraine, and I worry about North Korea completing their ICBM program, and I just I just worry about uh, voters that actually. Well, probably that don't worry about, about those things. You worry about voters that don't worry about those things. Yeah, but they should. Yeah, but they don't. Yeah, yeah, and and I don't think that the voters uh, in 2020 uh, have made any mistake as bad as the one in 2020 since our country was founded. And it's sort of like my mom used to say, "Son, you're you're going to pay a price for your own stupidity." Do, do you remember do you remember when Trump was you know leading up to Trump's inauguration of course during the campaign of 2015 2016 how many comments were made by the uh, opinion editorial class as well as the democrats about the instability of this man and control of our foreign policy and in our military and of course the nuclear button all that all that worry all that concern oh, yeah. well we actually now have the acid test we have the acid test. For four years, the world was made more peaceful, actually. And we have the acid test of this, the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, where we're seeing pandemonium. Yep. Absolutely. And, 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 and I don't know what to say about foreign policy as a political matter anymore except for this. I've always thought it supremely important, and I wasn't alone. For all the speeches – that Ronald Reagan gave going into the 1980 election and during 1980, um, there was no speech he gave that was devoid of a foreign policy comment or, or, or statement. And there was no speech he gave that was devoid of a domestic policy statement. In other words, you know, you hear often about, and I think it's a cheap way to do it, but you hear often about the three stools of conservatism, which are foreign policy, taxation, and economic policy and, and social domestic policy. That was not that was not a Reagan thing. It was maybe used to describe his thing, but his thing was they were all one stool. It was all yeah. one thing. Yeah. It was all each of those issues was related to the other based on individual rights and freedom. Well, that's right. And then you look at everything that's happened since January 20th, and let's pretend you're an enemy of the United States. Um, there is nothing that indicates anything that the United States has done that would uh, indicate a position of peace through strength. Mm -hmm. uh, because, because the enemies are focusing on all this nonsense about you know diversity and inclusion and equity and, uh, I guess, climate change. And I keep thinking about, well, I sure hope, like, heck, somebody is focusing on combat readiness mm -hmm. because all, all the, the Chinese guys, are. That's right not now. the somebody you wish were doing it, but the Chinese are. Well, no. No, that's exactly right. And I, I just worry. They're not that, putting out manuals on why transgendered troops should be able to sleep in the bunk they want to on page 35 of a 100-page manual on how to be woke. I guarantee you the Chinese well, aren't doing that. that. Yeah. I guarantee you that. Yeah, exactly. They're training. They're fighting. They're, they're not putting out tweets on Pronoun Day, International Pronoun That's Day. That's right. Yeah, and and so I just I just worry that I think the United States has never been in a more vulnerable position than we are right now mm -hmm. because of the current administration, 
and all of those spokespeople that are coming out with everything except uh, peace through strength, strong military, you know, that kind of silly stuff that doesn't seem to be in fashion anymore, you know? Well, you know, Kennedy wrote and uh, Churchill did a book, Why England Slept, While England Slept. Uh, someone's going to have to write a book while America slept. The problem is it's not going to have a good beginning or a good ending. We'll be right back. Tanya Tucker inserts a boy so she's not associated with wanting a girl, right? The song is I know I want a girl. I can call my own old Bobby Darren song that Glenn Campbell singing, but she inserts its boy. She doesn't want the confusion that Ibram, that's happening in Ibram X. Kendi's house, I guess. But what's interesting is I, most songs I've heard women sing where there's a lyric about, you know, a guy loving a girl, they keep the, they keep the pronouns. They keep the, they keep the nouns. Boy, it's just, I don't know. Whatever. I find it precious. I find it hypocritical and I find it brain damaging when I see smart people, even educators, distorting history before our very eyes in order to achieve a political objective. And I started in my monologue talking about the debate over critical race theory in Virginia, of course, the election there being tomorrow, and how Terry McAuliffe has denied that critical race theory is being taught in Virginia until, lo and behold, we found this memo by the superintendent of public education in Virginia to all other district superintendents instructing them on how to, how to teach it including books and works by Robin DeAngelo, the author of White Fragility. And at the top of that memo, he has a quote either invented or select or very highly selective about from Ruby Bridges, Ruby Bridges, who is the beautiful and famous object of that Norman Rockwell painting, The Problem We All Live With, that beautiful girl being escorted to school in New Orleans in 1960 with federal troops. And um, the superintendent you know, misquoted and misattributed Ruby Bridges' line for his purposes. She said racism is a grown-up disease. Let's stop using our kids to spread it. Yeah, yeah. You want to quote Ruby Bridges? That's the quote emblazoned, the first quote you get when you go to her website. Let's indeed, I beg of you, stop using children's playgrounds as the basis and forum for adult political fights. They deserve better. They deserve a lot better. And you know who else does? We do. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. I'm Seth. Class is dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.